It's Friday, August the 21st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, a suspected skimming in America and a putative poisoning in Russia. First, the world in brief. Steve Bannon, a former chief executive of Donald Trump's presidential campaign and subsequently a White House strategist, was indicted for fraud. Mr. Bannon and three others raised more than $25 million through a crowdfunding campaign to support Mr. Trump's proposed Mexican border wall. Federal prosecutors alleged that they benefited personally, covering up their actions by channeling money through a shell company and a non-profit controlled by Mr. Bannon. He pleaded not guilty and was released on $5 million bail. Meanwhile, a federal court ruled that an investigation of Mr. Trump's finances could proceed. Manhattan's district attorney is seeking information about alleged hush money payments. In July, the Supreme Court rejected the argument that the president had absolute immunity from such investigation. The new ruling rejects Mr. Trump's latest argument that the subpoena is overbroad and constitutes harassment. Alexei Navalny, in a coma after a suspected poisoning, is being readied to fly to Germany for treatment. A spokesman for the Russian opposition leader pleaded with authorities to allow him to travel unhindered. Mr Navalny is an outspoken critic of President Vladimir Putin, whose opponents have a history of finding their tea being spiked with something nasty. Alibaba reported year-on-year revenue growth of 34% in the second quarter of 2020 to 154 billion yuan, $22 billion. Daniel Chang, the chairman of the Chinese e-commerce giant, attributed the gains to an increase in online shopping accelerated by COVID-19. He added that Alibaba was carefully monitoring American trade policy as Sino-American hostilities increase, noting that the situation was very fluid. Sweden recorded its highest six-month death toll from all causes since 1869. The Scandinavian country stayed out of the 20th century's big and bloody wars, but its no-lockdown approach to the coronavirus pandemic led to greater infection and death rates than those of its neighbours. The last time so many people died in a half year came during a famine. A court extended the deadline for Uber and Lyft to reclassify their drivers in California as employees rather than contractors. The ride-hailing firms had threatened to stop operating there if they were forced to make the change, which would mean affording drivers statutory rights. The firms plan to operate as normal at least until their appeal is heard in October. And third time lucky, Joe Biden accepted the Democratic Party's nomination as its presidential candidate. Mr Biden concluded the Democrats' virtual convention with a speech broadcast from Wilmington, Delaware, framing the November ballot as a contest between light and darkness. Hours earlier, Mr Trump, trailing in opinion polls, said the only way the Democrats could win is by a rigged election. And now, here's today's agenda. So Canada, an uncontroversial postal vote. On Sunday, Canada's Conservative Party will at last have a new leader. Andrew Scheer lost the election in October to Justin Trudeau's Liberals when his socially conservative views played poorly with urban and suburban voters. His stint as a lame duck leader has lasted longer than expected. He announced his resignation in December, a successor was due in June. But COVID-19 disrupted that. Instead, the party's 269,469 members must vote by mail by today. Peter McKay and Erin O'Toole from the centre-right lead the pack. But the ballot in which voters rank the candidates forces them to play to social conservatives, the more natural constituency of two others, Leslie Lewis, a relative political novice, and Derek Sloan, a first-term MP. 
Mr Trudeau has suspended Parliament until September 23rd. When it returns, all three opposition parties will be needed to topple his minority government. Getting the other two on side will be the new Conservative leader's first challenge. One more time. Democracy crumbles in Mali. Malians are no strangers to military coups, having witnessed them in 1968, 1991 and 2012. This week, soldiers arrested the president, Ibrahim Brubraka Keita, who in a video resigned from behind a face mask, asking, do I really have a choice? In 2012, Islamists took advantage of the vacuum to launch attacks throughout the north, prompting France to send troops. An out-of-touch government led by a southern elite has done little to stop the violence, and even less to deal with its causes. Soldiers' anger at the handling of the conflict has risen steadily. The junta says it wants elections, but neighbouring states have condemned the coup. They do not want Malians giving their own people any ideas. The more coups go unpunished, the more likely they are in future. Neighbours also share Western concerns about jihadist violence in the Sahel. As the events of 2012 suggest, Islamists are opportunistic and will take advantage of paralysis. Watching the numbers Japan's Consumer Price Index Analysts will look closely for signs of a recovery in consumer demand today when Japan releases its Consumer Price Index for July. GDP contracted by 7.8% in the second quarter, its steepest fall on record. Though less extreme than drops in America or Europe, it was the third straight quarter of shrinkage for the world's third largest economy. COVID-19-inspired shutdowns in April turned core CPI inflation, i.e. excluding fresh food, negative for the first time since 2016. Yet Japan's economy has fared better than most during the pandemic, thanks in part to a government stimulus package worth $2.2 trillion. With large corporate cash holdings, it helped Japanese firms stay afloat. Bankruptcy filings were down 1.6% in July from a year earlier. An ageing population and a tight jobs market has kept unemployment below 3%. Core CPI inflation was flat in June. The broader measure has just stayed positive. Policymakers will hope for an uptick. Summer Bounce The Euro Area after a record contraction earlier in the year, the euro area's economy seems to be growing again. A much-watched gauge of activity the Purchasing Managers Index published today will show whether the momentum has been sustained into August. Even if it has, the bigger question is whether the recovery will outlast the summer. Renewed outbreaks of the coronavirus have surfaced across the zone, especially in France, Germany and Spain. That will put a dampener on people's willingness to part with their cash, especially if governments further tighten restrictions on their movements. At least thanks to furlough schemes, unemployment has barely risen compared with America. But here too the look is uncertain. Many programmes are due to end later this year. This week Germany's government proposed extending its short-time working scheme. If wintry days of mass unemployment are to be averted, others too will need a recovery plan in place. Game on! American college football season the American college football season needs a Hail Mary pass. Many teams have already dropped out. Some of those remaining have had COVID-19 outbreaks within their ranks. Today, the Board of Directors of the National Collegiate Athletic Association, College Sports Governing Body, will meet to discuss the play. They have already postponed all autumn championships and may try to move them to the spring. Teams worry they might be forced to cancel their seasons outright, dealing a huge blow to their players and universities. 
The best teams earn tens of millions of dollars for their colleges. If that money disappears, less profitable sports such as rowing or fencing could be cut. A long off-season might also hurt players' prospects of a professional career in the National Football League if they struggle to regain their form. Those hoping to impress in a breakout final year may find their hopes of NFL stardom dashed. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Joe Strummer, who was born on this day in 1952. The way you get a better world is you don't put up with substandard anything. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.